Hey, everybody. Welcome to Raven's House of Entertainment. I'm here today with a special guest, Claire Hill. She works in the entertainment industry, and she's going to tell us a lot today, and we're just going to get it going. How are you doing, Claire? I'm doing so well, honey. How are you? I'm good. Just happy to finally get the chance to speak Oh, my to you. goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me tell you, this guy is the real MVP. We have rescheduled this so many times. thousand but times. But... Literally a thousand times, but don't <laughs> even worry. This is going to be the first of many, so we'll, we'll definitely have to have me back on, because if there's one thing about me, I talk a hell of a lot, so I'm sure that we will not run out of things for me to say. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you're perfect for podcasts. Hey, don't we love interviews. that? Exactly. I'm telling you. So where would you like to start? You just going on talking? Yeah, or... I think I think that I should probably just do like a little introduction, especially since I haven't been on your podcast before and your viewers might not be familiar with me and the kind of things that I do. Um and then if you just want to shoot me a couple questions, I can kind of just riff from there. But um, like Raven said, I am Claire, um, the infamous Claire, however you want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've been in Hollywood um, for a while now. This, this time around, um, I'm actually just about to move to Beverly Hills. Nice. Um, but yeah, I was there when I was younger. I was a student at USC for a little while. I did work at um, UCLA as well. And then I moved back there. A little over a year ago um hollywood's great but beverly hills is a little bit quieter um those of you that live in la will understand what i'm trying to say with that um but yes yeah, so i run a uh, entertainment and event production and creation company called civilized chaos llc nice. um which is obviously based in los angeles the events that we do are in los angeles um i work with all different kinds of artists and talent um, from so many different industries. I mean, one of the venues we work with that I literally just did a rave at, we're also planning these really incredible stop motion animation classes cool. um, that, you know, this studio, every single person that's a member of this studio and, and works there has all worked on Coraline or Nightmare for Christmas. I mean, like just world-class stop motion. Mac DeMarco just shot his last music video there. If you kids don't know who Mac DeMarco is by now, you should. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, just as far as things like that go, um, I definitely have my, my hands in all of those things um, in Los Angeles, all my tentacles and everything. Um, I have even gone as far as being a semi-touring, I guess I should say, um, artist, musician with the punk rock band Green Jello. A lot of you guys know Green Jello probably from um, the first music video, I'm sorry, the first song to ever be licensed to a video game. Um, and then really? also, yes, was three little pigs and also, um, they had the most requested music video ever on MTV. Um, wow. and so this is three little pigs, green jelly, green jelly also had, um, Danny Carey and Maynard from tool. So tool was actually also started in green jello. And I don't know how you guys feel about metal, but I'm a total fucking metalhead. So I, I yeah, I'm <laughs> like, I'm really like, you know, I'm like a diehard, like I'm like old school, like nothing will ever, nothing will ever beat um, black Sabbath, but you know, there's a lot <laughs> of really good, there's a lot of really good metal bands um, and uh, everything. Um, okay. So, yeah, so I, I do that. I'm also a graduate historian um, at the University of Edinburgh. I study medieval history there. Um, I'm in grad school right now, like I said. Um, so I also kind of have an academic side of me um, as well that I'm pursuing. 
Um, I'm also a partner in a production company um, that is mostly in the documentary space, but we do a lot of different things. Um, And then I work a lot with um, different directors, especially and different um, people in the industry, especially within like horror um, and anything on the more goth side of things. I've even, uh, I did a series of vampire events, which was really, really cool lately um, and something I'd like to bring back. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably everything about me that's important for right now. That was um, a nice shout out of the canon <laughs> introduction. Never had anything like it. That was awesome. Oh no, I love it. I know I try to keep it brief. I could go on forever. Oh, I should probably also say that I'm I'm definitely someone who's an advocate for a lot of different issues. I'm very outspoken. Um, I literally just recently deleted my personal Instagram because it just got on my nerves so much. <laughs> so now I only have my business Instagram, but that definitely hasn't stopped me from like speaking out in person. Um, we live in a crazy world. There's a lot of crazy times. A lot of things are really horrible, especially yes. like, I mean, just there's so many situations going on right now that I could allude to, but especially, uh, the war that's going on out there. Oh, know? good Lord. You know, well, I'm just going to say this right now. Like, I really feel like the only thing for me to say is like, um, yeah, is real chai. You know, like I, I'm very much a strong, strong, avid proponent, fervorous supporter of the state of Israel. Okay. I'm not against any sort of like terrorism. I'm not mm-hmm. of sort I'm not for any sort of killing of civilians or anything terrible. But as a historian, I'm literally in a military history class right now. And I know that a lot of us have a really hard time putting things into perspective and understanding things outside of our own lifespan. But one thing that I absolutely cannot fucking wrap my head around is what kind of final destination nonsense is it for these like Holocaust survivors to get murdered? by like the same kind of hate you know and it's just like there's always going to be hatred there's always going to be conflict there's always going to be strife but at the end of the day like anti-semitism is a really real thing we're feeling it really intensely in hollywood right now i have had so many tearful heartfelt conversations with my jewish friends we have lost business we have lost friends we have had death threats i had someone rip a mezuzah off my door and try to spit on me wow I'm telling you, and I'm saying this as someone that any of my friends that reached out to me, for instance, I have a friend who's a really incredible um, media artist, incredible photographer, wonderful editor, I mean, you name it. And she personally has sentiments that I do not agree with, but she has always been respectful of me and where I stand and vice versa. And she's never accused me of being hateful or intolerant or anything like that. And I think that's what we need to remember is even if we disagree with people like here in this country, like we have certain ways that we need to be going about things that like are taking people's mutual respect into consideration. And unless someone's being like overtly hateful and um, really relying on emotions instead of fact and logic and reason, then, you know, it's like, we do have to, we do have to entertain that, but you know, these people that are walking around with signs saying, keep the world clean and this and that, whatever, that, that, that's not the same. People shouldn't be ripping down 
you know, posters of hostages and all of this. I mean, like, that's real life horror. Yeah, is is having your bed, you know, your child's bed filled with blood, then being murdered by terrorists. Now that's terror. That's horror. There's nothing scarier than that. So, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a dark world. It's dark times. And I mean, honestly, there's never been a time that people didn't want to be entertained. Did you, did you hear about, um, Melissa Barrera? She's one of the, um, stars of Scream. They took her off the, with that. Yeah, I mean, as they should. I mean, I'm I'm definitely like there's a reason why people got blacklisted in Hollywood that were supporting communism. And, you know, I'm sure all of us are very well aware, um, at least that are like above the age of like 30. I don't know. People probably remember the Soviet Union. Um, and, you know, if we look at the death tolls for like communist China and the Soviet Union, I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of people. There's not really been anything deadlier in human history um ideological wise than than communism and 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 people were blacklisted and kept for working because of the association with just this political ideology and all of the atrocities but you know we legitimate we legitimately have people supporting a terrorist organization like this isn't about people like if you're supporting palestine you're supporting a government that's being ran by a terrorist group like they elected a terrorist group it's not about people like i don't you know and then people also trying to make this about race i I don't know if you guys have ever been to israel but there's a lot of brown jews no not you know not all jews are white there's 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 jews that are african like there's jews that are asian like that you know that's not a thing my father when i i never really knew my father that well but i was 13 years old and i knew i used to spend time with him here and there yeah but one day he came to my house and he i i i I didn't (laughs) i didn't know what to think because i was young but he converted to full being in full jewish culture like he had the bed, the top hat, everything, and he moved to Jerusalem. And I got a half brother and sister. Um, no Jewish way. Brother. Yeah. No way. I love that. I'm actually <laughs> I'm going through an Orthodox conversion process um, right now, um, and it's been really interesting. I'm someone who I've studied religion my entire life. Like I consider myself to be like a pseudo religious historian. Um, Because there's actual religious historians, but I've looked into it a lot. And um, before my divorce, I was actually um, I was actually an Orthodox Christian, which is like extremely, you know, imagine imagine like a Hasidic like Christians, like a really, really, really conservative Christian, Um, very religious, very much similar to like some of the more um, religious Jewish communities, except um, they're just not as good of a bunch, in my opinion. Jews is a group, good group of people. So I think that it's something that, you know, whether you have affinities to that or not, whether you are a Jew, whether you're a convert, whether you have Jewish family, you know, I mean, I, I, I have a friend of mine that's an artist that was here in L.A. on an artist visit that went back and re-enlisted into the IDF. You know, so it's like everyone has people over there. We had actors and production staff and everyone else stuck over there for a documentary we were filming on the six-day war when this war broke out you know i had friends over there i didn't know whether or not they're going to be able to get back so i just i would like to say loud and clear i have been very 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 um blatant and forthright and you know explainative i feel um with my opinions and views on these things and i'm a very well educated person in this i've read the entire quran i've studied sharia law i've studied 
jihad. I've studied terrorism. I've, I've studied Christian terrorism. I mean, I've studied, I mean, just all different things like that. I have tried to be able to at least understand so I could, you know, be able to explain to my children and other people that ask me about my views, well, why do I think this? Why don't I like this? It's not just because I'm a Jew or I love Jewish people. It's not that alone. It's that this is an issue of like good and evil, right and wrong, black and white, like the, you know, allies versus the Axis powers. Like there was nothing right about what was going on in Nazi Germany. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't a good deal. So, you know, and this is, we literally have October 7th, more Jews died that day since the Holocaust than any other day. Wow. Like never again means never again, as far as I'm concerned. And it would be one thing if there was like a worldwide, like kind of general uproar over this. But the fact that people, this is basically just giving people a platform. I mean, just... It's just crazy to me. I don't think anybody realized the level of anti-Semitism that still existed, but now it's like, it's just so blatant. And I really do think like people need to be scared at a certain point. But speaking of, of beautiful Jewish people, Jen actually just texted me. So we might be able to get her in on the podcast if that is possible. That's fine. But uh, before we get, get into that real quick, yeah, um, Unless you like, unless people are really experienced things, people don't really think about it in that way. Like, you know, like the war that's going on going on with Russia, you know, and out there in the Palestine and oh yeah, was, like, Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, nobody they really don't thinks about it until you're really unless you're really in it. Like, like the entertainment thing with what's going on in Hollywood. Like, people don't think about that unless you're in the entertainment no, business. Pe- you know, they don't. People don't realize, and it's just like I remember when the Ukraine Russia war broke out, and I remember I was not in Hollywood at that point. And I remember being in classes and, and these people were like, oh my God, women are being raped. What's happening? I'm like, what the fuck did y'all think war was? Shooting roses at one another? <laughs> like, of course people are going to get raped. Of course yeah. civilians are going to die. War is not good. War is not fun. It is not civil. There's nothing civil, uh, like in the quote of like, you know, being civil about it um, and, 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 you know, merciful. I mean, there's just, that's just not, that's not a part of war. It never has been. I've studied war since the dawn of human history, since we have recorded history. And some of the first things we write about is who's killing who. That is true. It's just what people do. And I'm surprised that we've gotten to a point in society where we're doing that less. But now, well, there's just less people that have to be involved. And we see that, you know, with like, we might not be, waging war in trenches, but we sure have a lot of mass shooters that feel a need to go kill a bunch of people for no reason yeah, other just, than whatever they, and that, let me tell you something, mass, mass shooters, that's, that's any race, color, or creed, honestly. Like, I mean, obviously it's like we have people in certain percentages that commit certain crimes, but I mean, living in America, you never know who it's going to be that's shooting up something. Yeah, you, you never know. Walk, walk into a Walmart one day. Walk into somebody, a Walmart. It yeah. happens. It happened already a few times. Absolutely. My friend's brother was in a mass shooting in Florida a few weeks ago. Just moved there. Thing was That's something crazy. like anti-gay, I'm sure, you know, something stupid. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's really, it, it's really difficult for people to kind of remove themselves, myself included. I, I ain't no saint here, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that I have my, my, my faults, but you know, I'm the kind of person that 
if I'm wrong, I want to know I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be happy to sit here and have a, a you know, an intelligent, um, you know, rational debate or discussion about these different ideas. But, you know, what I've noticed is, and, and this is in so many, I mean, this is in business dealings, this is with anything. If you go into something and your entire purpose is trying to convince me that I'm wrong about something that I know more about than you, and then the only thing you have to rely on is an emotional argument, it's not going to end well for you. So it's like <laughs> any, any of you haters, if you want to come at me, about the Israel-Palestine situation, I really hope that you're also in graduate school and have read the entire Quran and have talked to imams and rabbis and priests and can really sit here and, you know, have a have an educated debate about it. Um, and I'll be more than happy to engage in that. But if you're just going to call me a racist and a bigot and an Islamophobe, please fuck off respectfully because I'm not. No, I, I got. I think I, I've been speaking to you for a while lately. You know, between the canceling, yeah. And, I don't think you any of those things, and um, I don't know. And a lot of people these days can't have civilized conversations without getting um angry and hateful. Amen. <laughs> Amen. See. I see that all over the place right now. It's like from zero to a hundred. Nobody can sit down and just have a nice debate talk. No, they can't. I'm telling you, I, I about laugh till I was blue in the face the other mm-hmm. night having a discussion about economics with this guy um a friend of mine that's an artist um outside of a a, a Cuban restaurant we were there for our friend's drumming thing and I was like you really sitting here getting mad you're steaming and I was like <laughs> neither of us are in charge of the country neither of our opinions even matter like you can think what you think I can think what I think but don't sit there and think that you're going to convince me and you've somehow failed as a human unless we agree. We just gonna have to agree to disagree. And not enough people are okay with just agreeing to disagree. Unless someone's being hateful and coming at me and this and that, whatever, we can agree to disagree. I'm fine with that. Because <laughs> you can't you can't die on every hill. You can't win every battle. So you really gotta pick those hills to die on. And as a divorced person, I can tell you that with a lot of confidence. Pick your hills to die on. I get that hundred <laughs> percent. Trust me. But it seems like if you don't mind me asking. How old sure. are you? How, how old are you? am I? I am 24 years old. <laughs> God damn, because it seems like you've been and went through and do a lot for a 20. I'm like, you seem like you lived the life of a 55 year old. I'm telling you, <laughs> I really, I really have. I don't know what the hell, like, kind of practical joke is this, but all I can hope for <laughs> is that this is my last, like, karmatic, like, incarnation where next time I finally, like, get to go and my soul's free. It's either that or I'm coming back as, like, you know, I don't know. Something terrible. Cause that's something ter- like-, like a child soldier in Africa. Just something <laughs> terrible. Like, <laughs> like, what could be worse than that? Bless their hearts. Good Lord. That's another thing. Nobody's even talked about all the African wars that have been going on this whole daggum time. Like, don't even, like, I swear, I could sit here. Like, I took a class in modern Africa and I was like, I had no idea. I that's had like no a, idea. That's a whole, we could do a whole political whole podcast. A whole other podcast on that. <laughs> but it's true. Like, I was like, this whole time I knew you, I was like, how old is she? It seemed like you do so much. I was like, I was like, I was like, I gotta ask them on. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not shy about my age. You You're know, so, so young like, and you go. Hey, man, I'm almost too old for Leonardo DiCaprio. Just keep that in mind. That so, is true. You if you're listening, Leo, this is your time. This is yeah. the only time you got. <laughs> of course, you can't get on that boat of his when you're past 24 years old. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I'm I'm personally in the market for good Jewish boys, so you know, <laughs> I'll stay I'll stay away from the the billionaire <laughs> actors for me for me. Um, but yeah, you know, it is it is like quite a perspective to have on things. You know, I'm also a mom of two kids. Um, you know that I did I did have um, very young. 
And I was a full-time stay-at-home wife and mother um, before my divorce and moving out to LA and starting my company and try to finish school and doing all of this. And so, so after your divorce, yeah, you you picked yourself up, got your kids, you did what you had to do, and you started your company, which is what again? Yeah, so I have my company, um, which is an entertainment um, production and creation called Civilized Chaos. Um, So that's that's what I founded, and I'm the CEO of. I'm also am involved with, you know, lots of other different companies and venues and artists and bands and all those different things. So it just kind of it just kind of depends. But that's my baby. That's that's what I started. So you like with the bands and artists and stuff like that, what you do, like you go to like festivals or something, you set them up. or So I've done everything. I mean, I've done all different kinds of stuff. I've been asked to do some artist management and help with booking and promotion and different things, which gotcha. I do. I do. Um, I've, I've put together, um, I've put together a festival before I've put together lots of different like themed off events. Um, I've ran an open mic. I've ran like a curated um, variety act show I had a discotheque. Um, right now, I'm working on a series of more like EDM things because that's what the kids like. Um, you know, I've done punk rock. I um, have also been involved with like an Italian rock and roll party. Um, you know, it just it really depends um, because obviously I'm not like a millionaire right now. So I can't like go buy an opera house and just self fund that. So I've been trying to find a way for me to honestly make LA not so fucking lame because (laughs) it is there's a lot of the same crap and personally I don't want to go listen to a shitty DJ and pay $25 for Red Bull vodka I'd rather sit in my house and (laughs) listen to vinyl with my dead things and books (laughs) personally um you know because not everywhere can be such a vibe like you know the venue I'm working with mousetrap or a bar sinister or things like that, that like really are a fucking vibe. So I have been this entire last over a year going to all these different things. I've never gone to before. I mean, hell I was pregnant on my 21st birthday. I had never been to a club. What the hell, you know? So I started going to all these different things and seeing what, what, what the kids like to do, you know, cause I didn't go out and I didn't do all that. And I was like, you know, this is all fine and dandy and everything, but I really feel like I can do this a little bit better. I've always been a little bit egotistical. Um, <laughs> so, so far so good though. Um, it's taken a while to have people take me seriously because, you know, I sound like Forrest Gump and unfortunately I look like an OnlyFans model. So it's like really, People are just assuming that my my <laughs> IQ is just really fucking low. Um, and like your Arkansas accent. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, like, I sound like that. You know, I'm a young girl, and you know, I'm not like I could be uglier. You know, obviously, I could look better too. But you know, it's not like I don't have like buck teeth and a bunch of zits or whatever. Just a couple zits, and my teeth aren't that bucky. So you know, like I said, <laughs> I could look worse. And um, you know, it's just like I've just had way too many people. I mean, very much like the Hollywood thing. Like, oh well. No, 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 pretty girl and i'm like no man i'm here for business i'm here to do business but they don't they don't take you seriously because they assume your sugar daddy's advising you and everything and i'm like i ain't got no sugar daddy like i'm advising myself <laughs> like i have good <laughs> sense and i'm doing this so it's been a long time you know i've been i've been working really hard um i've invested thousands and thousands of my own you know my own hard-earned money into my business um and you know, right now I really feel like we're kind of at a crucial point. We're doing some big deals. We're doing some bigger things. And I'm really excited about that because um, it, it has not been easy, um, you know, at all in any way, shape or form. Because sometimes that's the other thing. People are like, 
well, how do you guys make money out there? And I'm like, it's not going to make sense. It's not a nine to five job that you just get a check from and it's whatever. And then you go home and watch football. It's just hustling, you know, right? It's hustling. It's hustling. it's hustling. And let me tell you, sometimes you work to your fucking fingers bleed for not a single fucking dime because of the potential of what something Too can big. have. Yeah. And so, for instance, I worked an event that I coordinated the other night at this new venue that they did. We, we I, I worked out a whole deal for it. It was a really good deal. I had to do a lot of rigging and convincing. And what resulted out of that was me getting paid absolutely nothing. And I was cool with that. I'm not complaining mm-hmm. because now I have a potential to work with one of these companies again that I really, really want to work with. And they were really impressed how everything went. And, you know, sometimes it's, well, I'll model for you for this if you'll come shoot me for this, or I'll help you with this, and so you'll help me with that. There's a lot of you scratch my back, I scratch yours in LA. That's what I was going to ask you. Did you, you, you modeled too, some, right? Oh, good Lord Almighty. Yeah, some more <laughs> back in the day, more back in the day. But yeah, I do sometimes, like when people ask me and whatnot. I think it's more just to, like check their cameras and see if it's going to break or whatever. But um, yeah, I do do that some. I enjoy it. Um, though I feel like, I mean, for instance, I have a friend, her name's Sindel. She's amazing. And she, you know, is like with an agent in New York and like, she's a real model. Like they're a real model. So I'm definitely not gonna, you know, I can do it. Like if you guys just, you know, need somebody last minute. So, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a good fill in. I'm a great extra. I'm a great extra. Like I'm a great, you know, what's that? Someone, what's that? Like on book for like a show, but then what's the word for that? Can't remember. Oh my gosh! Literally, my all my theater teachers are just crying right now. Whatever, <laughs> we're just gonna have to leave that. I'll come to me at four a.m. But <laughs> I'm basically the backup, one hundred percent. You don't sound like foreign stuff to me. You sound like certain things you say. You sound like Molly Cyrus to me. Oh, it's funny. It's probably because my accent goes like in and out because yeah. sometimes <laughs> I try to. Sometimes I try to hide it. And you know, it's funny because my friend I, that um, is the VP of this company. I met him when I did meet him. You know, I ha- I was like at work and I was I didn't have my accent all, you know, playing and this and that, whatever. And then, you know, one night we went out and had, you know, like a drink or two. And he was like, man, I can hear your accent. And I was like, well, I guess I guess I just got comfortable with you. I guess now I'm not trying to sound like I'm from Beverly Hills or whatever. And I can sound like a hillbilly again. I'm from a different hills. <laughs> I'm definitely the Beverly hillbilly now. That's me. <laughs> So that's nice. You're moving to looking to move to Beverly Hills. Yeah, man. I just got my apartment, like just signed the lease. Um, Literally made me want to cry and rip all my hair out as like I own a house, not in L.A., but I own a house elsewhere. And like it's it's not it's not like a bad house at all. And getting used to being a homeowner and then moving to L.A. and having to get used to doing the apartment thing again. Good Lord almighty. That and is I can rough. Imagine, and I can only it's imagine. rough. And it's like lim- the, the rent is probably way more than your mortgage. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even have a mortgage on my house. I done paid that thing off. Like, but this rent, oh my Lord almighty. I might as well have done bought a couple million dollar house for what I'm paying <laughs> in rent. But it's like, I don't have $200,000 to put down on this house right now. So everybody in LA is up shit creek. Really is. Yeah, since the budget strike is and all that other stuff that's going on is just trying to be built. Like you said, people are scratching and pouring and start getting work again. Oh, I'm telling you, I know it's like just my friends this last week that have been able to be back on set 
I mean, it's been, it's been really great. I know for them, you know, I'm trying to get some things rolling along too. Um, And of course I'm over here running around like a chick with my head cut off, trying to get these papers done for my classes in and everything else. So, you know, I don't know how you have time to do everything you're doing, but I said, I don't have time for this because we had to reschedule so many times. Hey, I know. Right. But we're, we are making time and we will make time again. And that's, that's one of my, my, my resolutions has been for this new year. Um, since all of the, you know, the Jewish New Year and the high holidays and everything has been trying to get some better time management going on, which yeah. it's been a little better, but um, it's been a little bit rough, honestly. This has been, I mean, I feel like everyone has experienced a lot of loss um, that's close to me um, recently, just with, um, you know, I know it's kind of hard to explain to people that aren't, you know, Jewish and don't have Jewish family and friends, but like, the, the situation in Israel right now, I mean, I don't know a single person that does not know someone like close to them or like within one person of them that does not know multiple people that have died yeah, or, you know, great. like doesn't have their niece in the IDF or their sister or like, you know, their brother or their cousin or, the, you know, their, their half brothers in Israel, their sal, whatever, their, their cousins. And it's like, it's really taken a toll on everyone. And then, um, on top of that, for me personally, just like, you know, the world's smallest violin for me, which I don't mean to make it. I know there's a lot of people that go through a lot of things, but um, one of my great friends, an extremely accomplished and talented filmmaker, um, recently passed away. That's the guy. Um, you yeah, John, John Michael right? Elfers. Yep, John Michael Elfers. And, um, you know... You said he made a film, right? Yeah, he um, he actually had um, his production company, which was absolutely incredible. It's called Fire Trial Films. Um, John was an incredible craftsman on so many levels, but his set design was impeccable. And he had a studio in Hollywood that was like an old mansion that he had transformed into a movie studio. And John um, worked mostly in in film um like actual film like 35 millimeter you know like like he literally had refrigerators full of film stock in his studio it's amazing incredible so john recently um they released moon garden which is absolutely incredible i mean the the reviews for this movie are i mean off the chart uh it's it's really incredible it's been it's been compared to like uh Guillermo del Toro you know Pan's Labyrinth um you know there it's it's just it's really it's really had so much around it it's really incredible um one of the the lead actors in the movie also is a friend of mine um and basically I mean if, if you look at the the group that existed around John, the people that he had, you know, built and the, you know, production company he had built around him was so worthwhile. And I think that this, this, this probably means more to me and you than it will other people, but anyone that like knows the kind of reputations that like producers and like directors and filmmakers get in Hollywood for you to be like that unanimously well-liked and held up as like, literally like the beacon of a perfect person like the apollo like the beautiful child of these people like that that was john like in the in in indie horror that was him we had an entire group 
of his closest friends that during um because it was very quick it was very quick that john passed we did a film festival we were working on a film together um wolfman and did a film festival for like a proof of concept for the short in august i think john must have gotten sick like a month after that maybe month or two and then it was just like honestly it felt like within weeks um when he was supposed to have a longer life expectancy so um unfortunately even though with everything we did that just wasn't the case that wasn't the story for god or that wasn't that wasn't god's plan for john that wasn't you know his will um and you know all of us had been taking care of john going and doing different shifts at the hospital just making sure someone was with him all the time and i actually was on my way to um see john um kid you not i was literally in the car driving um when i got the call and it was just so it was so hard for me because i haven't had someone that i felt like was really truly taken before their time that i was so close to Mm -hmm. and it's been a really, I know it's been a really challenging grieving process for everyone because we're all just so, we feel like we've lost like a Titan of industry and he had just put in all this time and energy. I mean, I kid you not, I can remember the last conversation that we had about it before he got sick when I had finished reading the script and I went over to see, you know, all the film sets and everything that he had done for this, this period vampire piece. Um, And so it just, honestly, it's just the, the, the world is definitely at a loss with the passing of John. And it breaks my heart that they will not be able to continue to see more years of his art. But I really encourage everyone to check out Moon Garden. Look up John Michael Elfers. See everything he's done. Read about the production company. Like, you know, we like these other people that are a part of it, you know, are still doing things. Um, like my friend Kevin is also Kevin James Barry is an incredible writer director filmmaker extraordinaire um you know so there's obviously you know there's there's people that were trying to carry on the torch and and make sure that john's memory is is definitely never forgotten um but i'm i'm really appreciative of this opportunity to talk about um his work especially within horror i I just really feel like he's a really prolific you know horror filmmaker mind and I, I want to make sure that at least this last thing that he was able to get done really deserves the credit um, or gets the credit that it deserves is, is what I'm attempting to say rather non-eloquently. <laughs> well, no, you put it perfectly and I'm glad that you got it out there. And it seemed like he was an amazing person. He was, he was a beautiful person. He was one of my dearest friends. He was so loving and kind and supportive to me and every single one of his friends. And just always concerned about everyone else. Like literally that man is laying on his deathbed asking me how I am and worried about how I'm doing. And I just can't even imagine just no, not, not a fucking bone of that, which like, let me tell you something. Usually you give a producer money. They just kind of tell you to fuck off after that. They're real nice and everybody's all nice. And you know, everything's peachy, peachy keen and sunshine and rainbows. And then you give them their money and then they're, they turn into, you know, gremlins and John was just, he was just a 
the light of everyone's life all the time. Always happy, always smiling, always having a good time. Never so let anything get him down. And he's from California, L.A. He actually um, is originally from Ohio, um, but he moved to L.A. Um, okay. I think like around when he was like 18. I mean, like he's been in L.A. for a long time. He's been in the industry like 20 years. Okay. And question about L.A. since you've been out there for a while. Yeah. Like, is it is it true? I mean, I'm not trying to have you like outlist any outcast anybody, but yeah, is it is it really like um like it's more about it's all about kissing ass, smoozing, like everything's about uh, you know you meet people. It's just about trying to get ahead and just you know what I'm saying trying to be in the business and of course, moving. of course. Well, okay. let me tell you this: <laughs> everybody, if they have fucking half a brain cell in their head and have been here any decent amount of time can smell the bullshit. <laughs> they can smell it. They know when somebody's just trying to be best buddy, butt buddies with them. They know when somebody's just trying to use you. And a good way to see whether or not people are trying to use you is, you know, are they only interested in what you can do for them or are they asking themselves what they can do for you? And uh, I personally think that one of the reasons that I've been successful in Los Angeles, granted, you know, I've only been here a little over a year and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but there's people that live here their whole, their whole life and still don't accomplish what I've accomplished, which still isn't that much. I got a hell of a lot more to do. And, you know, but just keeping that in perspective, there's a lot of people that never get anywhere with anything. And I think the only reason, um, you know, or if I could put one sole reason on why I've been successful, um, being able to network and meet people and be, um, have people want me to be included in these things and respect me in, in, a, in a way that I, that I feel like I deserve is because I ask myself, what can I do for you? And I've literally worked and done all these things for all these different people that I've been wanting to work with for free uh... or, you have to have money to do shit yourself. Prove it yourself. You want to come out here and do a movie and this, that, whatever. Okay. Have a couple grand. You can shoot an indie movie for a couple grand. I know somebody that shot an indie movie for $300. So really? come out. Yeah. Come out here. Don't be a quitter. Don't think that you're going to come out here and make it and be discovered. Bitch, that is a dumb dream. If you're coming out here to be famous, go home. Go home. You're not going to be famous. You're not going to be eating at Nobu every night. You know, unless you want to um, and you find yourself a nice sugar daddy. Good luck with that. They're about all gone. Ask my friends that are sugar babies. But um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, for real, like unless unless you have like, you know, you're going to come out here and get you some old rich man that's going to pay for your shit. You better come out here and be ready to work. Don't come out here and think that, oh, well, I'm just going to sell my soul and get what you want. OK, great. So you're going to let how many old producers fuck you until you realize you're not worth anything and you sold yourself work. Like, don't come out there and do that. Come out here, stand on your own two feet, eat some ramen noodles if you've got to, you know, take the job as a PA on an indie film, suck up not getting paid. Like, just just go through it, hey, you know? There's a lot of people that just went out there, slept in their cars, washed up at McDonald's. Like, what? look at, what's his name? Um, Tyler Perry? He's, yeah, he's a, he was homeless, and not look. He's one of he's a billionaire. I mean, now. look at him. And I'm saying it, it is it is your mindset. In me, mm -hmm. it is really easy for me to get oh poor piddle for me. Oh woe is my life. And I, I'm I'm very fortunate not to be 
living in like extreme poverty. You know, I've lived in some shitty places. I know what it's like to feel hungry. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. Like I fucking struggled, but I'm not necessarily, I'm living in my car right now. You know, do I, am I, am I moving to Bel Air and buying a house? No, but you know, it's like, (laughs) I'm not living in my car. So I'm not really going to sit here and complain about that, but it ain't easy, you know, and it's been hard. And I've been fortunate to have done well in other ways. So when I came here, I had money to invest in my company and do the things that I wanted to do. But it might be a really long time till I see a cent of profit out of what I'm doing. I know people that have worked on their companies for almost 10 years, their production companies, and haven't turned a profit yet. So Mm. you really got to hustle. You got to hustle and you cannot be so married to one idea because everything I'm doing right now, almost every part of it, if you would have asked me whenever I moved to L.A., is this is how it's going to go or is this the way that I'm going to if you would have asked me, I would have been asked to be a producer on a movie before I got asked to act in it. Mm-hmm. Being a classically trained actress and getting you seeing all this crap, I would I would have laughed. I, was like, I don't know anything about producing. Now I feel like I probably know more about that than acting at this point. So it's like, you know, um, and I don't know hell, I don't know a hell of a lot about anything. That's what Socrates said. The only thing we can know for sure is that we know nothing at all. And that's something I realize more and more every day. Um, and so I really try to only talk about the things that I have half a clue about, because if I just talked about everything, we'd be here all day. I mean, good Lord. So um, <laughs> I really, I really feel like just making sure that you have to be versatile If you sit there and you put all your eggs in one basket and then you drop that basket and those eggs are broke, don't come, don't, don't be crying over spilled milk. Don't do that. Like hedge your bets. That's why everybody in LA, you're not going to meet a single person in LA unless they are like somebody's kid and that somebody's got money or (laughs) you're not going to meet anybody that is not working three or four or five plus jobs. Wow. And, Sounds and, hectic and, out there. I mean, you're not. And this isn't like everybody's working five shifts at McDonald's. No. They're, oh, no, I'm in this production company. Oh, no, I'm in this one. Oh, no, I'm partner in this thing. Oh, no, I do work at a, a boutique, too. Oh, I do do DoorDash things as well. You know, everybody, you, you like, people don't know. And there's there's plenty of actors that you see on television on a normal basis that work day jobs that have to. And one of my, one of my friends is is a very well known actor and was just asking for for me to help him to find work right now in in business because wow. he also has an MBA. So I mean, there's just no, there's no there's no guarantee. There's no telling, and it's not for the weak. If you are a weak person, if your feelings get hurt, if you can't deal with a little bit of drama and all that shit or rejection, stay home. Because let me tell you something. There has been more than one time that I have really felt like I wanted to hit somebody in the face and I did (laughs) not because of them being disrespectful or them treating me a certain way or this, that or whatever. But I'm not, you know, you have to have restraint. Yeah, I heard and, that with a lot of different actors and actresses in interviews. Like, you gotta, if you're trying to be an actor, act, anything in interview, you gotta have thick skin. It's gonna be a lot of rejection. You might not even make it, but you, if you've got the passion for it, keep trying to go for it. But you can't be weak skinned and no, you know, shit like that. You can't. And you, you have to, like, you are the master of your own universe. If you're the kind of person that's happy working a nine to five job and you feel fulfilled in that, please don't come here. <laughs> if you, if you do not work, in the industry or in aligning industry please don't come here there's enough people here we already have enough traffic like i was talking to this guy that moved here and he's like oh yeah i just thought i just thought i'd move here i was just like kind of tired of like 
San Francisco. Like, even though I'm in tech and I have to travel there all the time, I'm like, can you please go back? Like, why are you here? Like, you are taking an apartment away from someone that really needs it. That's like, that has to be here in the industry. Also, another thing I would say, oh, right, is like, you know, in New York, there's certain kind of people that need to be in New York. Mm -hmm. But, you know, don't don't ever get it in your head that you're going to, like, make it in Hollywood unless you live in L.A. L.A. is a big city, but Hollywood's a small town. Everybody knows everybody. We all go out together. Everybody's worked with somebody, you know, within one or two people of someone that you know in the industry. Everybody knows everybody. It's it's incredibly inbred. So you need to come out here. You need to show face. You need to do the things. But also, it's not all cocaine and it's not parties. Guess what? Cocaine's not cute. Being an alcoholic's not cute. Being on meth or you know, ketamine or anything, you know, past a certain point, like go out, have fun, have, have fun, go to party, do, do what you want to do within reason, mm-hmm. you know, but these people that come out here and get so hooked on the nightlife and the parties and the temptation and the deceit and, you know, all this shit. That Dirty, is like, sexy money. yeah, it's not like, and also people are really happy to, to do a quick deal fast with the wrong kind of people if it's going to result in what they want it to result in. And I cannot tell you how many people I have seen have their reputations tarnished um, and kept them enabled from engaging in more work because they made those bad decisions and did deals with people that they shouldn't have done with. And I'm and sure so that's just one- it. I'm sure there are more than one Harvey Weinstein out there too, preying on oh people, my God. preying on females too. I'm sure of it. Let me tell you something. One of the most annoying things that I experienced this last year is being basically just generally sexually harassed um, by um, some very, very well-known venue owners in Los Angeles um, and various of their security guards and different people. When I'm someone that promoted for them, work with everyone that works at, you know, their venues, do other things. They had asked me to build decks for them on events and all this other shit. At the end of the day, the only thing that one of these men was interested in was the way I looked. Yes, that's most guys. And I, I was not having it. And then when something happened to me and someone that worked at one of their venues accosted me Mm -hmm. they then pretended like they didn't even know me wow wouldn't even talk to me about it this man faced no repercussions so i told the company that i work with until you guys are done doing business with these venues i will not be doing business with you anymore i don't go to these venues anymore I have a friend of mine that had his first big record label, like DJ event, had all his people on the, you know, part of the label. And he was like, hey, it's at this time at Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And I said, I don't go to those venues anymore. So if you guys are smart, you can get online and look up who owns Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and put the dots together. I'm not going to cause any unnecessary drama, but I don't go to those venues. I don't deal with those people. There's a reason why they have so many lawsuits against them. It's not bullshit. You know, so, but do I have time to sit here and sue? No. Do I have time to pick up myself and my bootstraps and take my business somewhere else? Damn right. Damn right. (laughs) 
And that, that does more hurt than anything. So, you know, that's another thing is there's too, there's too many bitter and petty people in LA and you just, you got to get over yourself and you got to get over. Other people are going to fuck you over. You're going to get fucked over. My, my ex best friend literally like tried to ruin my business. She's my business partner. You're trying to ruin my business. Made me lose thousands of dollars over something this year. It happens. You just got to get over it. Got to wow, keep trucking. Crazy. Yeah, you, you know? do. And you got the, it seems like you got this tough skin and you're battle tested already. Oh, good Lord almighty. Let me tell you, ain't nothing harder than having babies and being married and all that kind of stuff. So this is, this is a walk in the park, <laughs> walk in the park, but there's nothing more rewarding than, than being married and having babies too. So that's also my advice for all you kids is as much as everybody doesn't like getting married and having babies. Um, that's literally the first commandment is like, y'all be fruitful and multiply. That's like the number one thing. Really do that. That's like the number one thing is like a person, you know, obviously we got all these things, you know, don't kill people. Don't be a piece of shit. All these other things, you know, basically I love that. I'll do like Claire's translated 10 commandments. Like, don't be a piece of shit. Don't be killing people. Be nice. Like, you know, um, <laughs> it's much easier but, to be nice than mean. It really is. It really it. is. <laughs> At the end of the day, like if you make, but you have to make that decision, you have to like make that a conscious decision. Just like if you people, if there's anyone out there that's listening to this, that's like, I want to move to LA. I can do it. I can make it. Okay, great. Come here and ask yourself what you can do for others and make yourself valuable to them. Don't just try to get things out. Other people see what they can get you. Well, can you help me? Can you give me this contact? Well, do you know them? Well, do you know this? No. See how you can be of use to them. And you never know where that's going to lead. You never know who you're going to meet. Because most of the people that I have like really intimate business feelings with right now, I met randomly. <laughs> nice. Walking and in a store, passing them a joint, whatever it was. So you seem like you've been through it all so far at a very young age. I'm so shocked. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But honestly, someone that's that's even more, even more impressive than me. I'm, I really reserve like to speak highly about women because I don't really like a lot of women. I have a lot of issues with a lot of women. I have a lot of issues with a lot of men too, but especially women. I don't know what y'all doing, but Are they hating on you or something. Of course, of course, they're just bitchy. They're bitchy, and I think it's probably because I'm autistic. Um, I'm extremely autistic. I'm sure all of you guys can probably tell like an element of that. Um, I'm very. Uh, I was diagnosed like as an adult, um, and basically like my my whole life made sense. With that, I'm obviously extremely high functioning um, because I've kind of had to be. And I think that, you know, it's one thing to be kind of like weird as a boy. You know, uh -huh. you can kind of get away with that a little bit easier, I feel, than you can if you're a weird girl. That's you're a true. weird girl. That's really fucking hard. Let me tell you something, especially growing up in like the American South. It, it was really hard for me that the rest of the cheerleading team did not get my Lord of the Rings jokes, you know, <laughs> or whatever it was. And I was cheerleading captain. Kid you not. I was cheerleading captain. I was pageant queen. I did all the stuff. I was with all the popular people. You want to know how many of those people I talked to today? Not one. Not a single fucking one. For a good reason, too. Because most people, I like to call them normies, are extremely judgmental. And if you do not fit within their box of understanding, it's like, no, thank you. Outcast, you're weird. I'm not talking to you. I'm not engaging with you. I'm just going to be, you know, a bitch or an ass, whatever it is. But then there's like a group of people 
And even if themselves, they are not Asperger or autistic or whatever, maybe they're just intelligent or neurodivergent in another way or this or that, but they're understanding and accepting and open-minded and it doesn't matter like how you are as a person or, you know, if you have certain, you know, quirks or idiosyncrasies, they're not judging of, of you for that, you know, cause it's like definitely an issue with me. Most of the time when I walk up to people, I'm mean, just, for instance, the last event I was at any person that asked me what I did, they either mm-hmm. asked me if I was a bartender or a dancer. Now there is nothing wrong with being a bartender or a dancer. I couldn't fucking bartend if I tried. I would fuck all that up. You do not want me doing that. I have dance. Like, I know I can do that. But no one is ever expecting me to say, oh, I'm a graduate student of medieval history. Oh, I'm the CEO of this business. Oh, well, this, this, and this. Well, would would you like to know about, you know, the Roman Empire? Basically, like, that's me. That's literally me. And people are never, people are never expecting to, like, get what you get out of me which can be extremely off-putting sometimes so I think it's important not to judge people you know by you know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover you should judge people on like the content of their character and you also shouldn't respond to things that are unfamiliar and unknown with hatred and disgust try to respond to things that are unfamiliar unknown maybe a little bit scary like with at least some sort of level of understanding and tolerance until you decide that that's not for you, you know? And I'm the kind of person that if you sit here for a minute and you're like, you know, I really don't care about anything you're talking about. Can we talk about something else? I would rather you do that than like say something passive aggressive and just walk away bitchily. I would literally rather me tell you tell me you're getting on my nerves. I don't want to talk about this anymore. than do something like passive aggressive. So I think honesty is the best policy. I think that there definitely needs to be a lot more like autism awareness, like in women, because I just feel like they just like, oh, well, they're just weird, you know, and there was like, I, there are a whole lot of autistic boys that I knew growing up, but, mm, you know, I, I would have loved to have been the token autistic girl, for sure. So I think that's another thing that really is is important in today's society. It's, you know, like everyone's like, oh, well, I'm ADHD. Well, I'm this. Well, I'm that. It's like that's, you know, everybody's got their things. But for for the people that are truly neurodivergent, it's 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 not it's it's you know, it's not easy out there. It's a neurotypical world. (laughs) Yes, We all got our issues, but some way more than others. Trust me. I'm telling you. Anxiety and OCD. So I get you. Oh, honey, I feel you. I feel you. I feel like (laughs) the only place that my anxiety like really takes over is at the Degum airport. I don't know about y'all, but I hate the airport so Degum much. I have to fly all the time. So I wish, you know, maybe maybe I'll I'll live another life as a politician and just dedicate all my time to like air legislation. So it seemed like you cleared up a lot of stuff you wanted to talk about that we spoke about already. Yeah, no, I know. I feel like we covered a lot of it. Um, I know Jen said that, let me see what she said. She said anytime. So if you want to, I mean, I'm cool. Um, if you want to um, send her that link and talk to talk with her a little bit or. Um, um, you can if, stay on. I'm going to yeah. try to um, see if I could do that. Yeah, let's see if we can do that. And I could ask you both just, and y'all both can answer like the little four or five, six questions about movies and horror and whatever y'all want to talk about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'd love just to kind of go back and forth with Jen for a minute because she's just so awesome. And then you can kind of just cut 
whatever you want to out of all of this. Um, so actually, I'll, I'll let her know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, um, hmm. let me see if I could send it. I can't send it from where I'm recording. Let me see if I could send it from my iPad. Yeah, maybe it's that. Let me see. If not, we could end it and start a, like a part two to this, if anything. Oh yeah, that's totally. I mean, like whatever's easiest for you, honey. I it's 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 no big deal. I'm checking to see when my next meeting is, and I don't think it should be until later. Okay, yeah, I don't want to keep you on more longer than. You no, have to honey, you're fine. Because... This is trust me. I'm just glad that we found this time. Um, I was I like, I'm glad I didn't hit a deer. I care. I kid you not. I literally had a guy's tire almost hit me that flew off his car on the road today. I'm like, I was just trying to get here. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Lord, no, do not final destination me right now. I'm doing this dead gun podcast. <laughs> it seemed like, yeah, it seemed like, um, out of everything, we didn't want that to happen to you to get to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I literally, I passed another wreck too. That's literally on a road that I've never seen a wreck on ever that I drive on every time I drive this way, but out in the boonies here in Arkansas, <laughs> <laughs> out here visiting my kiddos and family. Okay. So you're spending Thanksgiving over there. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, I came back for a couple of days. Honestly, I probably, it probably does me like a good mental break to get out of the city a little bit. Um, but I'm a very, I'm a very family oriented person. Um, you know, obviously it was not my first choice in life to be, um, in the industry. You know, I was someone that grew up kind of in, in, in different aspects of entertainment, but more like live theater and performance and things like that. You know, I started attending university when I was just after my 15th birthday, I got into USC when I was 16. You know, I started doing conservatories at a university level when I was 13 at all these performing arts schools. Um, and so, you know, when I moved out to L.A. and I saw what things were like and I was just like, you know, I don't really know if this is for me. So I moved back to Arkansas and, you know, I, I got married, um, you know, to, to I, I guess what the equivalent of my high school sweetheart would be, though. I met him at university and, um, you know, started like living this life like as a wife and a mom. But um, honestly, I was in I was in an extremely abusive relationship um, for, for most of the formative years of my life. Um, and honestly, yeah, it really is. You know, there's a lot of different like forms of abuse and everything, you know, so I kind of want to like, you know, I, I won't like go off too much into my personal nonsense into that, but, you know, definitely like different kinds of abuse there. And mostly this just resulted of this person's, this person's past and, um, you know, the abuse that they suffered from their mother, they were just really like taking out on me being like the mother of their children, even though like I grew up literally the only thing I ever wanted to be was a mom, you know, ultimately like, yeah, I had all these other dreams and this and that, whatever. But when I had that opportunity presented to me, that was like number one, number one for me. Um, but now it's like, I feel like it's so important that I show my children that like y y you can't give up. You know, I had someone convince me that I wasn't good enough to do any of the things that I'm doing now and tried to convince me that I wasn't good enough, you know, as a as a wife and a mother, you know, as a human being, as a woman, all these different things. And for me, it was like, OK, 
I can either kind of lie down and admit defeat and not have opportunities in the area that I would because, you know, my background's not like in in agriculture and, and farming and, you know, like logistics and things that you can make a lot of money off of in Arkansas. My background's, you know, I'm a theater kid, entertainment outside of uh, academia. That's what I spent my time figuring out what I was going to do before I decided to get married and have kids. So I thought, well, hell, why don't we go make things work in LA? Why don't we start a company? Why don't we have, you know, my, my two precious children see that, you know, since they're my, my ex-husband bless his heart, he's a genius, but he sure doesn't want to work. He's real bad at that. So <laughs> it's like, let me go out here and show them everything that mommy can do and that you don't ever have to let anybody make you feel like you can't do something. That's good. And I'm sure whoever listens to this and I'm sure a lot of people will, and you could be inspirational to other people that listen to this. Honestly, I hope so. I know. So, I mean, like, I don't know that many people that have like been through divorces and stuff because everyone was smarter than me. And, and, and I'm just kidding. Everyone um, probably chose better people than me um, and this and that, whatever. But I, I will say that like, you know, I have a friend that's going through a divorce right now and, and he also has kids and it, it's, it's, it's really hard, but your life isn't over. And it is just so important to remember, like whatever situation that you're in, like if you're in a situation um, where like, I'm not, I'm not with my kids all the time. I ain't gonna lie. I cry every day. Breaks my heart. Yeah, so hard for you, me. Especially that you're a young mom beginning out too. So hard. So hard. Like I, I had two natural births. I breastfed my babies. I made all their baby food. I was with them. The only time I ever left was go to class and then to go to work when my ex-husband wouldn't get a job. Literally. Wow. So, you know, I, I just, that was my life. And so now everything that I'm doing is going to be worthwhile because like, I believe in what I'm doing and I believe in like the mission that is more than it's more than a party. It's more than a movie. It's more than a song. It's more than entertainment and art. Like it is spreading like light and love, like in the world and perpetuating the kind of art and beauty that I want to see and operating and doing business in a way that I'm proud of. And I want to leave a legacy for my children in that sense. Um, even if I never achieved those things, I will have died like attempting that. So um, anyways, yeah, I, I definitely would say like, and anybody else, like I'm a, I'm a pretty like relatively easy person to get a contact of my schedule's pretty crazy, but you know, shoot, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram. Like I have other people that sometimes manage my business Instagram, but I'll see it. They'll get it to me. And, you know, I've, I've given a lot of advice. I've been doing a lot of life coaching. I've babysat my whole okay. life, student taught, taking care of kids. So, so, you know, if somebody's really fucking going through something and, you know, would like some advice or would like to, you know, come out and figure out how to get in contact with me, come to some of my events, meet some people, I'm happy to help you if you're not an can asshole. You give out, can, you, <laughs> can you give out your... Um, absolutely. Your, absolutely. Your, so you can follow at? me. Absolutely. You can follow me at Civilized Chaos LLC on Instagram. DM me there. Um, there's a whole link tree set up to a bunch of different things. There's also going to be a link to my website there, which is civilizedchaosllc.com. And all you have to do is shoot me an email. There's a whole thing right there. It goes straight to my email. It doesn't go to anybody else's, so I can see them right now. Um, and just, just shoot me an email on there. Um, and um, I kind of delegate them from there. But 
I'd be I, I will see it and I will be more than happy to respond. So whatever method is is better for you people. Um, and then also, you know, if you're if you're an artist, if you're looking for someone to help with booking shows or, you know, you're someone that's looking for another person to get in contact with. That's one thing that I really do try to help a lot of people with is, you know, just networking and then finding jobs and finding this and that, whatever. So that's a big part of that's a big part of what I do. That sounds awesome. Thank yeah. you for giving that. Of course. Yeah. I think Jen just texted me again. So, so. You know what we're going to do then? We're going to do, we're going to end this and we're going to start a part two with you and your Sounds friend. Sounds good. Jack. And Let's then, do it. And then, so you could tell her that I'm going to send her the link and um, if she could do her headphones and put it on isolation, that'd be yep. cool. I got it. I'll send her a text message right now. Sounds good. All right. Well, we will reconvene for part two. Did she tell her to have the app open and that's it. We're all good. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. I'll tell her. All right. Bye, right. hon. Bye-bye.